If you rearrange a couple letters and you take out an N and you add an M, then cold open becomes cold poem. And this is a poem I wrote for you all this week. It's called My Brother the Sun. My older brother the sun is 4.5 billion years old, give or take a few billion years. He teases me about time says that we precocious bipeds rely too heavily on the calculations of our cranium, or rather the ciphering of the electric sponge that's squashed inside, he says, like a round mouse inside a snake. Pop, 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 he flares, his style of laughter. Focus on the electricity, he says, not the math. Focus on the current, not on the two set nodes of its travel. He reminds me that for his nerve cells, the elegant photons absorbed by my cat's oval golden eyes as she gazes toward a molten horizon as some brother sets. For my photons, time is not experienced at all, he sings to me as I sit beside my cat in a wicker patio chair, reclining and relaxed with distant traffic sounds like the white noise of a radio's static. I ask him how in the holy hell that's possible as I absorb billions of these ageless nerve cells with every second of so-called time, many of which are captured by the ocular medium of my eye and reinterpreted as, ah, feels good. This hot, auspicious sunflower light, whatever light is. And wait, brother son, one more time I spaced out, rather like a photon in fact, my consciousness also not really experiencing time, not the way my knees do, or my equanimity. Brother son, explain again how photons don't experience time. Pop, 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 he flares, his style of laughter. Same way you just did, brother, he playfully chides. My photons don't experience time. They are time. We are time. Moving at the speed of light the speed at which time collapses. You swim inside our one, never-ending shine and interpret that movement as time, or rather your cranial calculations do. But you know, in your spirit, in your heart, you know that you and I are both created in the image of the same great light, the same great likeness of being and that the spirit which animates my photon's timelessness is the same one that animates what your knees and equanimity experience as time. Think of the current, he flares, the current of radiation, the electromagnetic current, you bipeds and your ridiculous current see, pop, 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 his style of laughter. The current is the currency of life, he sings. The current moment is the currency of now. And think, right now, is now not the only way you bipeds can experience time? Is it ever not right now? See now, we don't experience time so differently after all, brother biped. Now let my nerve cells play in those dazzling, implausible eyes of yours, four billion years in the making in biped time. Let my nerve cells play, see how your cat creature does it. Yes, just like that. You and your stuffed cranium are calculating far too much for me. Pop, pop, pop. His style of laughter. What's up, family? Welcome to the Barbarian Noetics Podcast, and I'm so happy you're here with me. And I want to say that when I say hello family, I'm not just trying to say that reflexively with no meaning, with no feeling behind it. I genuinely see all of my listeners as my family, and that's my soul family, my tribe family, my spirit family, and we are finding each other right now. It is very exciting. It's an exciting time to be alive. I can almost feel the angelic winds that are converging right now. I feel there's energies from all over the cosmos 
Um, I know sometimes I really like to blast off into space. I'm gonna let myself blast off into space right now. I feel it. I feel that there is a convergence of energy and power right now, right here. It's always the right now and it's always the right here. Uh, if you take a moment to really look from a massively geologic time, bird's eye view of where we're at right now in history, this is a wild time to be. This is a wild time to be any way you look at it. For four billion years, the Earth was existing as a biosphere. Um, and of course it is still existing as a biosphere. And of course the core of the Earth is still churning with Pele, the fire, the consuming fire, the transforming fire, the heart fire that feeds all of this. In geologic time, all will be restored. In geologic time, all this shit that's happening right now, the 5G towers and the conflicts and the caterpillar uh, um, construction machines that have to be bulletproofed because <laughs> Caterpillar does, they, they make a ton of money off of bulletproof uh, construction machines because there's so much, so much need for construction in, in hostile war zones. Anyway, all of that, think, that, is, that is less than a, a, a moat of dust in, in, the, in the sky. It is less than a grain of sand in the, on the beach. It is, we, all of this, I guess I'm trying to say the last 150 years since the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, such a tiny, tiny amount of time, and at least the surface, the membrane of the planet has been completely transformed. And as Peter Champeau pointed out, the consciousness of a cell happens on its membrane. And as I learned when I studied our immune system, that is absolutely true. Our cells are not just like these mindless little dopes, you know, uh, b bouncing around, bumping into each other in our, in our veins and vessels. No, they are intelligent beings that communicate with one another in a very complex manner. Uh, they're smarter than I am in the morning, that's for sure. Like if it was me in the first thing in the morning and then the memory B cell, memory B cell kicks my ass in terms of like intelligence because... I can hardly like find my own ass when I first wake up. I need like some caffeine and I need to pet my cat for like five minutes. Well, she demands that. So that's a no brainer, but that's good. Cause that's an activity I can do mindlessly. It's so cute though. She'll, she sleeps next to me. And then when the alarm goes off, she knows it's cuddle time. And so she'll, the alarm goes. And then also it's like simultaneous. I get woken up by the alarm and then I get woken up by her and it's her meow, meow, which is like, Cuddle, cuddle time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, neither here nor there, but it's very cute. I love that. Um, I love being a cat and I love hanging out with cats. I love it. Um, anyways, so what the hell was I talking about? The membrane. We have completely transformed this membrane of Gaia in such a short amount of time. And now we're on the precipice of what I see as a real struggle. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that lightly and i'm not saying that like oh i see like necessarily even like some sort of like armed struggle you know like i'm not i'm not talking about that type of struggle i'm talking about a spiritual struggle and it's the line in the sand as i see it is the human and the machine and people seem to be picking sides now i say that very much conscious of the yin yang and the fact that there is the unity of the opposites and that all is contained in the one. I wanna make that clear. But I, I, where I'm at right now, and this could change, but where I'm at right now, I feel that sometimes that type of verbiage gets reflexively uttered and there's no meat, there's no like feeling behind it. So like there is room for discernment and there's a difference between a fulfilling life and a unfulfilled life there's a difference between a life of like genuine joy and authentic happiness and a life of, of uh, ro roboticism and machine-like repetition there's a difference and to pretend like there's not a difference is ridiculous and that's my only issue with the all is one mentality i believe very deeply that all is one and i've experienced it in meditation floating in the void when my body dissolves and it's amazing and that but at the same time we do live in a world of multiplicity beyond imagination i mean there is so much if there's one thing that nature seems to love she seems to love variations on the theme multiplicity colors forms shapes creatures you know like we're always evolving even our cells and our bodies are always evolving 
we, I believe every seven years or so, we're a brand new set of cells. We completely re regenerate every cell in our body. And after losing my smell of, uh, sense of smell and taste for a long time, I have an additional appreciation for that because apparently it's very difficult for the body to re recreate from whole cloth nerve cells because I didn't have a sense of smell for like months and months and I believe my body was had to rebuild from scratch uh, the, the olfactory nerve cells and those apparently are very difficult for the body to make because I definitely give my body some good fuel. I'm making soups every night, garlic up the wazoo, I got the parsley, I got cilantro to clean out my brain. As my friends will know, I'm almost like annoying when it comes to sleep in that I <laughs> will not sacrifice sleep unless I absolutely have to. And even with all that, even with all that positive fuel and everything like that, it still took my body a long time to regenerate those cells. And again, I want to thank the shamans in the Amazon who created the hape uh, for restoring my sense of smell. I really do credit it. I like to believe that it would, come, would have come back without the hape, but that accelerated the process tremendously. And now it's interesting. I feel like my sense of smell is even more acute than ever. That could be relative thing, but that's how I feel. So anyways, I'm incredibly happy to have you with me, and it's a real honor to speak with every one of you, and you are my family. You are my soul family, and, you know, as the, the podcast gains traction and I hear from more, so much to me, so I just want to really thank everybody. It means so much to me, so I just want to really thank everybody who's been giving me the feedback. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, that includes the positive feedback, it includes the constructive criticisms, it includes the ideas and suggestions, and it definitely also includes the haters. So one thing I've discovered is I've always sort of had a inner intuition, a knack of the shamanic thing of like anything that comes at you, you make it work for you. That's also a Taoist principle. But for some reason, when I think of that, it takes me back to my past lives as uh, I have Finnish ancestry and I was definitely um, like uh, a Viking <laughs> for multiple past lives, that type of culture, you know, the, the Scandinavian ancient uh, Norse culture all about Odin and uh, fucking kicking some English ass. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I feel like it comes from there. I just have this really like deep knowing of that anything that comes at us, we can make it work for us. And so the hate, what I've discovered is that it actually like gives me enormous amount of fuel. It's almost like the splitting of the atom. It's almost like that. If you can take the hate and you break it down and split it open, it's like, poof, it is an explosion of energy. So it is like a real, actually it's a real gift. I'm not saying it's not challenging. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt your ego. I'm not saying you have to, uh, I, talking to myself right now, I have to be very careful that I don't get, that I, I, I accept the fuel, but I don't get stuck in like, you know, resentment, all that. That's bullshit. I don't like that. I will share that. I will share the scrappy stuff with you guys because I love you guys and I think it's part of the human experience. And, and if I want to, if I'm real about being authentic with you, I have to be real about, I do have a scrappy side. I mean, I just do. It's who I am. I can't. If I pretend like I don't, then I'm lying to myself and then you'll, you'll see the fake and we can't have that. We can't have the fake. Anyways, I just want to make a really quick note and say that um, I'm all, I always have an open heart deep, deep down in me. I always have an open heart for uh, forgiveness and restitution. I think that's the word for restorative justice. And so I just want to make clear that um, when I said that our paths, uh, referring to the guest um, that I uh, had a little issue with, I said our paths permanently diverge here. Um, I just want to make clear that I always will have an open heart to restitution with that person. It was what I meant by that was that the the person who was um, very who was uh, judging me without like looking inward, like that aspect is is what we're, I'm permanently cutting myself off from. I do that as like a self protection mechanism. Like it's it's not really anything more than that. As a spiritual being, I'm constantly cutting threads. And I urge everyone to do that too. Like sometimes if you feel like your energy is being sapped, drained, you're just having fatigue all the time, take a moment to sit in meditation and see if any individual people, uh, even people that maybe you only interacted with for a split second, or it can oftentimes unfortunately be lovers and, and friends sometimes too. And it doesn't mean that it's the end of the relationship. It just means sometimes you have to cut the cords that, uh, and I don't even necessarily think 
um, most of the time people are even being malicious in terms of they're actually thinking to themselves like I'm gonna latch onto this person and suck energy from them but it does happen and you have to be mindful of that and so I've, I've learned to do that as a self-protection mechanism over time um, always examine like okay do I have any cords that are attached that are actually uh, leeching my juice, <laughs> my energy, and if so, I literally just imagine that they're connected via balloons, by a string, and I just slip, just cut the strings in my mind, just cut the strings, and sometimes it takes a couple, sometimes there's like a thick one, and you have to like cut it a couple times, and sometimes you cut it and you think it's gone, and then it's back again, you have to cut it again, but you want to make sure that the people you surround yourself with, are that it's a symbiotic relationship where you're both giving each other positive energy, you do not, nobody deserves to have their energy leached by someone else. Uh, that's not cool and even though we all probably have times where we accidentally uh, hopefully accidentally maybe are a leech on others um, that's just something that you have to face up to and that's part of my forgiveness of myself um, and asking for forgiveness for my years of alcoholism when I possibly was that and so I have a extra sensitivity to it because you know no one's perfect and everyone is constantly growing and so I just wanted to make that very clear that um when I said our paths permanently diverge, I meant with the spirit of judgmentalism, I permanently diverge with that spirit, but I am always, my heart is always open for forgiveness and restitution and restorative justice. I think that's important to say, to put it out there. Um, that's pretty much all I wanted to say for this particular segment, but I just, you know, I, I do say like, uh, what's up fam, you know, what's up my family, my BMP family, and I just want you all to know that that actually comes from a very real place. You are my soul family, my tribe, my tribe family, my spirit family, and as I'm finding more and more people are, are finding me and I'm finding them, and it's really powerful to see this kind of like coalesce around really what it is is like a spirit. I mean, that's really what it is, is this this project that I've been pouring so much of myself into, it's really like, it's a spirit. And the people that get it, can get that, they understand that. And, and that feels so good to be seen by people like that. It feels amazing. So I just want to thank everyone so much for seeing me and for sticking with me. And, you know, through thick and thin, like, I'm sure that every single person, probably I say some things that they're like, mm, I'm not sure about that. Or even some things where they're like, what you talking about, Willis? But like, just having that open-mindedness and, and I, I make that solemn promise on my heart that I will always be open to, I, I'll always have an open heart, you know. Um, we're always growing. Growth happens at the edges. It doesn't happen from the center necessarily. It happens at the edges. If you study the way a plant grows, um, now that, that, that metaphor does kind of break down a little bit because sometimes if you have like a really strong branch of like a plant, then the growth will happen simultaneously at the edges of the branches, but also from the trunk itself will generate new growth. So I guess it's not an either or, it's like an and, a yes and. But a lot of growth does happen at the edges and edges are uncomfortable. Edges are, are, can be scary, they can be lonely, they are unpredictable, they contain risk. You know, life does contain an enormous amount of risk. There's no way, even though the lawyers would, well actually the lawyers wouldn't want to, lawyers make money off of people taking risks, but there's this idea that we can somehow mitigate risk and sure you can but like not all risk <laughs> there's always every everything you do is a risk life is inherently risky and um you know that's that's just how it is so um anyway i think i'm running out of steam a little bit here but i think that's all i had to say for this particular segment so i hope that you feel my authentic love and appreciation and i'm, I'm sprinkling good vibes on everybody out there in the rabbit holes of space and time thank you so much all right peace
beloved listeners, welcome to the Barbarian Noetics Podcast, where we are dedicated to the elevation of the human spirit and to resisting the status quo. And I'm so thankful for you all for joining. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you to my patrons. Y'all are the waveform in my audacity file. And I really appreciate all of the feedback, the love, the support. I'm thankful for every, everybody and everything. I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for existence. I'm very thankful for the sun. And not a day goes by that I'm not thankful for you know, my body and being able to move around the world and experience the world. It's funny. I think about this all the time, and it's one of those things. Have you all ever noticed how with memory, it's like we the things that stick with us for a really long time are so unpredictable, and sometimes it's like the oddest, most unlikely little things, and those are the things that you remember forever, <laughs> whereas other times, like, really major things, your friends or whatever are like, you don't remember that? And you're like, no. And I'm not talking about when I was blackout drunk during my alcoholic days. I'm talking about being maybe a little bit stoned, but, you know, for the most part sober and these things happen and you forget and then other things are like just so seemingly insignificant and yet they lodge in your psyche forever one such event was at the gym and the trainer uh is like this super like hyper positive it's not like toxic positivity he's just is like a positive guy and also he's on the clock and his he's a trainer so his job is to be positive but anyways i'll never forget one day i saw him and i asked him how 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 he is i'm like how's it going he's like another amazing day to get a workout and I was like yeah man you know you're actually right because if you unpack that it's like that means that your body is operating at you know pretty good capacity your limbs are in pretty good shape that means you're not like sick like yeah you like any day that you are capable of working out is something to be like genuinely thankful for and celebratory of and it's just so you know who to thunk it you know just like the the trainer just saying this one little clip to me is probably going to be with me forever and now it'll be uh, with some of you guys too (laughs) how you doing it's another amazing day to get a workout like fuck yeah you're right actually (laughs) and then i have to promptly put my headphones in because the music at planet fitness is horrific i think some of like the worst music i've ever heard in my life i've heard at planet fitness like i don't know where they get this music from but truly demoralizing stuff like you know we're here to work out. I want like a little bit of a beat, maybe some bass, definitely upbeat. And instead it's like whiny male vocals. Just like, and it's just like, oh God. So yeah, I immediately put my headphones in after that. Otherwise I would be too demoralized to work out. I feel like that's like a enhanced interrogation technique is they should just put people in Planet Fitness and force them to not wear headphones and keep them in there all day and that'll that'll do something to your psyche for sure anyways <laughs> welcome to the show thank you for joining I really love you you guys so much um, from my heart to yours hope you're having a beautiful day today and this episode we are getting back to basics and it's partially out of necessity uh, because I as you all know, I had a pretty, I had a kind of, you know, intense week last week where I had to pull down my episode and then make a bunch of changes to it, which takes time. And I added like an extended intro and all this stuff. And I'm going to probably repost it. I'm thinking very early Sunday morning, but I still want to get something out to you Tuesday morning as well. So this is going to be my podcast for this week. And we're, we're going back to basics. Um, so like, what do I mean by that? Well, old BMP heads will know that some of my very early episodes uh, were shorter episodes and they were just uh, basically me sharing my thoughts and feelings and emotions with listeners. And that's kind of what this week is going to be. There might be a skit or two, but I'm not going to put pressure on myself to make a skit this week. I'm going to allow myself to just, yeah, just kind of recline into this episode and I hope that it strikes you and resonates with you. But we're going back to basics. And um, what I really want to talk about first is meditation and the magic of meditation and the miracle of meditation. So as I said, as I've been saying lately, I've been very disciplined in my meditation practice lately. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's because I'm some like really disciplined guy. It's just because it's a self it like it's similar to when I stopped drinking alcohol. Um, It feeds itself. It's a positive cycle because it's rewarding 
the more you meditate, the better you feel, which makes you want to meditate more. Same as like when you stop drinking, it's like you have more energy and you sleep better and you have less anxiety. And so that makes you want to continue being sober. Same with meditation. It feeds itself and you get into this pattern where for me, I'm like, it's not like a chore at all. Like I'm really looking forward to the meditation. Like when I'm closing up the shop, I'm like, can't wait to get home so I can ride the hape and go on a meditation because it is so incredibly just like blissful um i mean it's it's definitely relaxing for sure but it's beyond relaxing it also like calms the mind it brings clarity and it grounds me into my body and it grounds me into my body in a positive way because it unleashes this like these waves of bliss the kundalini energy that gets unleashed feels amazing and so last night i was in meditation and um it's it's interesting like you hear here you hear this often about the shamanic journey. You have to make an effort, but you can't try too hard. You can't force something to happen. You have to allow it to happen. But yet at the same time, you can't just be totally passive. It's a paradox. And so it's impossible to really word. But it's like that with meditation. If I go into meditation and I'm like, I'm going to have a kundalini explosion. I'm not going to have a kundalini explosion because I'm, I'm forcing it to happen. But that said, I have to maintain an awareness. I have to, now I can do, I, ha, I, I have experienced kundalini explosions lying down, but much, it's much easier for me to access that when I'm in the half lotus position with a straight spine. So that alone is like you're making some effort because you're keeping your posture, keeping your spine straight, keeping your posture up. And then the other thing you make an effort with is your breathing. So you really make an effort to breathe deeply and heavily and evenly and to watch your breath as it, I like to breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth. You watch your breath. And sometimes I visualize the breath like dispersing in the air, you know. And I visualize myself almost as like the wind, like dispersing like the wind. Uh, which in many ways we are all the time. With, the, which e- with each breath we are dispersing with the wind. It's kind of trippy to think about because we bring bring the molecules in and then we send them back out into the world we bring them in and then we it's like an exchange it's a relationship it's a it's sex (laughs) we're constantly having uh, tantric sex with the air in our environment just like all the time pretty wild anyways um so as i'm centering and breathing then it does come, the the kundalini explosion comes and I'm like, oh my God, it feels so good. Cause it, 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 I feel it in every single cell of my being from my very tip tops of my pinky fingers, uh, finger, fingers. Yeah. I have two pinky fingers, so I can, I can say plural. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? From the tips of my fingers to the tips of my toes, everything in between, I feel this like immersion, this rush of, of really beautiful, blissful energy. And also a little bit extending out past my body into my astral field. And then if I go really deep, I feel this, the boundary between my body and the universe dissolve and I'm floating in the void. And that, that gets very, very profound and very beautiful and deeply rejuvenating. I, I imagine that that's kind of like plugging my little battery. My little lithium battery is like getting plugged in and it's charging when that happens. When I'm in the void, I'm just like charging up with that really amazing energy that's always available to us. Um, anyways, so... I was interested though in like, because you hear a lot about bringing the energy up from your root chakra up through the more subtle chakras. But for me, as I've mentioned before, the explosion always seems to happen in my pineal gland. And so I really was like focusing this time, like where is this coming from? Like when it first kind of blossoms, it, it blossoms forth. Uh, it's kind of like it when you drop like a, put a droplet of beet juice in a glass of water and you see the, the, the red coloration kind of like blossom into the water that's kind of how the kundalini energy blossoms in my body but it definitely emerges from my pineal gland it's wild that that is where it comes from and so then that got me thinking about the piezoelectric energy so maybe i'll include like a short article about that in the next segment for this but like how the pineal gland the calcite microcrystals in our pineal gland actually generates piezoelectric energy which is the energy that's generated through pressure. And that is where I feel that kundalini explosion emerge from. So I'm like, wow, dude. So somehow the act of meditating, I don't know, 
the act of aligning your your will with your body, with your spine, with your breath, that somehow uh, pressurizes the calcite microcrystals in my pineal gland to explode this kundalini energy. And then that just gives rise to further questions. Like, what is that? Like, wow, dude, we are really actually just navigating a miracle over here when you really think about it. Like, why do we feel anything? What are we even standing on? What is happening? And thank God it's happening. I love it. But God damn, it's so mysterious to me. Like, you know, how can you just go from like feeling like, all right, I'm in a body to then five minutes later, you're like having an explosion of kundalini bliss <laughs> in every cell of your being. And you're just like plugged into the wall of the universal source energy. It's pretty amazing. And so um, that is how I wanted to start today's show off just by kind of honoring and giving voice to the power and beauty of meditation. And 11.11, that the voice file just now was 11 minutes and 11 seconds long. So on that beautiful note of 11.11, I'm going to bring this little intro segment to a close. Uh, as I said, this is going to be a back to basics episode, most likely a micro episode or a mini episode, uh, because I'm taking a little bit of the pressure off this week because I'm also... I have so much work I need to do um, with my other hustles, so I, I do ghostwriting on the side. I'm a freelance ghostwriter and a freelance copy editor, and I'm also getting more jobs now as well, um, helping to arrange like websites and stuff like that. So this is like what I need to do in order to keep the freedom that I need to keep the podcast going, because the podcast is gaining traction every week and momentum, and it's very exciting and beautiful, and I'm so thankful. So I don't, I, I need to make sure I have enough money to keep a roof over my head and to keep my internet paid for and all that shit. And I don't just want to work like a retail job seven days a week, because that'll sap my energy. This type of work, it's like creative, and I get to be alone in my apartment. I get to have binaural beats. I get to have my crystals. <laughs> you know, I get to have my soft lighting. I get to, get to control the environment, and so it's, it's not draining. It's actually, it can be tiring. You're exerting creative energy, but it's not, I can still do the podcast. Anyways, long explanation. Just letting you guys know, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm letting, I'm bearing my, my soul a little bit that like, I'm, I always do the best I can, and but sometimes I do need to like take the pressure off a little bit in terms of like, okay, I need this many skits and this many word from sponsor and all that stuff because the skits are like, they actually take a really long time because I, I come up with them from whole cloth, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's all just coming from my creative expression and so sometimes it's just nice for me to like not put so much pressure on myself and so I'm probably going to be doing that more often but I'm I'm going to maintain the schedule of Tuesday morning always putting out a show even if it's a shorter show and so that's why this episode is back to basics the beauty of meditation and uh, thank you again for joining I love you guys if you want to support the podcast there's so many ways you can do it simply by listening and by spreading the word and telling a friend that's the most important part so thank you for that Giving me, giving me those five stars is huge. And then the reviews are amazing on Apple Podcasts or CastBox. You can leave a review. And then if you want to make a small one-time donation, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash noetics. Or if you would like to sign up to be a beloved patron, you go to patreon.com slash noetics. And depending on what tier you sign up for, you get different benefits. So with all that said, I love you guys. And welcome to the show. And let's get into it.
Hello, this is the authoritarian anarchist, here to lecture and scold you. As a self-identified anarchist, on principle I reject all forms of coercive control and state authority, and I view all hierarchical forms of organization as inherently unjust, atomizing, and humiliating. As an anarchist, I refuse to submit to any state, power, or external authority. As the philosopher Mikhail Bakunin wrote in God and the State. The authority is the denial of freedom. The basic principles of anarchism are, self-organization, voluntary association, mutual aid, and the fierce opposition to all forms of coercive jurisdiction. It is in the spirit of unruly rebellion against the state, that I intend to build revolutionary solidarity, by running around jamming syringes into people's arms, whether they want it or not, and screeching about the ethics of collective compliance over individual choice. From my anarchist, perspective, if you don't allow massive pharmaceutical firms, with total legal immunity, to inject you with hastily approved, non-sterilizing gene-editing therapeutics, you are a total piece of shit. I reject all forms of state authority and coercion by informing people with spiritual convictions against unwanted medical interventions, or who may distrust the intentions of the state, because the state has been abusing them and experimenting on them for 400 years, that they should lose their income, and die like a dog on the street, unless they submit to having their immune system irreversibly altered by a billionaire who has secret meetings with the Pope. I am the authoritarian anarchist. I reject hierarchy by being a hatchet man for the state. You're welcome, pawns. Here are your two masks, your three shots of fetal calf serum, your Tony Fauci pillowcase, and a sticker that says you obeyed. Reject authority, by forcing others to obey the state or lose their livelihood. Authoritarian anarchist has spoken. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm off to carry water for Moderna, and push CIA, talking points to anyone within 10 feet of me. But if you violate social distancing regulations as set by the state, I'm going to give you stink eye and a ferocious scolding. Damn it feels good to be an anarchist. Damn it feels good to be a gangster. Damn it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangster ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth. Cause real gangster ass niggas don't start fights. And niggas always got a high cap. Showing all his boys how we shot him. But real gangster ass niggas don't flex nuts. Cause real gangster ass niggas know they got him. And everything's cool in the mind of a gangster. Cause gangster ass niggas think deep. Up 365 AM 24-7. Cause real gangster ass niggas don't sleep. And all I gotta say to you, wanna be, wanna be cocksucking pussy pranksters, is when the fire dies down, what the fuck you gonna do? Damn, it feels good to be a possible that I've read this article before on the podcast, but if I had, it was a really long time ago, and honestly, it bears repeating, so I wanted to read this for you guys. Uh, I absolutely 
love this explanation of the connection between the ancient Aztec earth goddess Tonantzin and the familiar iconography of Our Lady of Guadalupe. This is written by Grace Alvarez Sesma. A short history of Tonantzin and Our Lady of Guadalupe, a bridge of light between cultures. The fragrance of copal incense, and I'm burning some copal incense right now while I recite this, so I'm smudging the mic with copal as we speak. The fragrance of copal incense with its ribbons of prayerful smoke rising through the air triggers ancestral memories. The sound of the conch and the rhythm of the hue huetel, the drum, Call me to join the dancers whose energetic dance steps causes the koyoyi, the ankle seed pod rattles, to jingle like falling rain on hard-packed earth. Hundreds of dancers fill the avenue, descendants of the Mexica, the original name for the Aztec, mingle with other indigenous Mexicans, Matachines, Tarahumaras, Cucapa, Cumiai, and Paipai and I apologize for the pronunciation on those. Many travel from far away to make their offering to Tenantzin, Nahuatl, the language of the Mexico, for Venerable Mother. La Virgen Morena, the Dark Virgin, Coatlaxopue, Our Lady of Guadalupe, every 12th of December. This reverential and joyous celebration marks La Virgen Morena's four miraculous appearances from December 9 to December 12th, in 1531, on the hill of Tepeyec, near present-day Mexico City, to a Mexica named Cuajatoatzi, Talking Eagle, who became known as Juan Diego after his conversion to Catholicism. Boo hiss. <laughs> According to some oral traditions and official church version, a beautiful Mexica, Aztec woman, appeared to Juan Diego and speaking to him in Nahuatl, asked him to tell the bishop that her name was La Virgen de Guadalupe and that she wanted a church built on Tepayac. When Juan Diego was not believed, as proof of his story, she instructed him to fill his tilma, cape, with roses and take them to the Catholic bishop yet again, with instructions to build a church on that same site. When Juan Diego opened his cloak to show the bishop the flowers, instead of roses, the image that we know today as Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared miraculously imprinted upon the cotton fabric. That tilma, which is the subject of debate as to its origins, is now enshrined at the Catholic Basilica in Mexico City. The devout Catholic will tell you that Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to a peasant by the name of Juan Diego in a demonstration of faith for the conquering Spaniards. Ask a Mexican indigenous person, and they will tell you that Our Lady of Guadalupe is really Coatlaxopue, another name for Earth Mother Tonantzin Tayali Coatlicue, to whom offerings were made on that same hill of Tepayac hundreds of years before the arrival of the Spaniards. They will tell you that Tonantzin Coatlaxopue appeared to Coatlatoatzi, to inspire hope in a people who were being oppressed by the Spanish and, later, when the Church acknowledged Our Lady of Guadalupe as the patroness of Mexico, to allow the people to continue to honor her in safety. To many people, she is not either or, but rather one, Tonantzin Guadalupe. Her blend of indigenous and European features represents to them the beauty of both cultures, not just those of the dominant society. To some, she represents an overlay of oppression and colonization. Yet for her, yet for many, her face is the face of today's Mexican Chicana, and especially of those who are reclaiming their indigenous culture and spirituality. For those of us who are even somewhat familiar with the Mexica symbology, Our Lady of Guadalupe's attire is full of Mexica cosmology. Her robe is red, meaning wisdom. She wears a black belt, representative of pregnancy, of new beginnings. Her blue-green cloak of stars brings to mind the Mexica goddess of the stars, Citlanilicue. Citlanilicue. That's really pretty. I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's still pretty. <laughs> and she appeared to Cuatatoatzi on four different days, clearly marking the sacred number four, 
the four winds, the four directions. Of course, to the Spaniards and many in the church, then and now, the symbolism was and is quite different. Our Lady of Guadalupe continues to be revered and passionately believed in. From early resistance to Spanish rule in the 1800s, civil rights marches in the United States, to today's Zapatista movement in Mexico, her image continues to be carried on banners to bring awareness to the plight of farm workers, women, undocumented immigrants, and the continued theft of lands and rights from indigenous people. Her faithful devotees, inc I don't, devotees, <laughs> devotees, Catholic and otherwise, turn to her with deep belief in her powers to help and to heal. Statues and paintings of her, of her grace the altars of many traditional healers, curanderos and curanderas. Curanderas. Elders tell that she has been holding the divine feminine energy until such time as the de descendants of the Mexica could safely set aside the beliefs imposed upon them by the Spanish and bring forth into the light of the sun the ancestral teachings and the restoration of women's place of honor in the community. This teaching was brought clearly to mind during a solstice gathering in Tecate, Baja, California a few years ago when I joined the Kalpuyi to dance in honor of Huitzilopochtli, which is held on September 29th, and the church celebrates as Archangel Michael's Day. A male danzante, a ceremonial dancer, removed the olla filled with water, filled with water, which was my palabra, my assigned sacred duty, from the altar and began to carry out the duties that had been entrusted to me. This breach of protocol was noted, and once the ceremony was over, the ceremonial leader made a powerful point in asking that apologies be offered to me as the keeper of the water and to the other women present. He went on to say that it was no longer acceptable to dishonor women as he, had, as he has done in the past as a result of accepting non-traditional beliefs and values. He reminded everyone that in keeping with traditional belief in ometeoto, the Mexica concept of masculine and feminine energies as co-creators in harmony and balance. Women were to be respected and given their rightful place in the home, community, and most especially in ceremony. That this was now the sacred task of the true warrior so that our Mother Earth, our families and communities may be restored to wholeness. It is with a spark of mutual recognition that during my travels, non-native women have come to my platicas, my heart-to-heart -heart talks, either wearing shawls with Our Lady's image, carrying a special photograph of her, or asking questions because they recognize her from the statue on my altar. They speak about dreams where she has appeared to them, they with no previous knowledge of her existence, now devotees. Perhaps that is why she might have chosen to appear to Juan Diego as a woman of both European and indigenous features, or maybe as some people claim, the church commissioned an artist to paint her in this way on the tilma. So that at some distant time in the future, it would help us recognize our spiritual connections in order to move beyond the fear of separateness and disparities that exist as a result of differences of culture and race and gender. I believe that, in the same way that she called me as a child to return to the way of the medicine, she is calling all of us back. December 12th is the special day to honor Our Lady of Guadalupe, our Madrecita, our Little Mother. At home we may light a candle and place offerings of copal and chocolate in front of her statue. In the public square, those of us who follow the Mexica spiritual tradition join our brothers and sisters in an all-night vigil of prayer, dance, offerings, and song. As we salute the four winds and dance in the ceremonial circle, we will honor those who have gone before and kept the traditions alive through the centuries in spite of the threat of the loss of life. The sacred feathers in the copii, the ceremonial headdress worn by the dancers, will draw down the energy of the cosmos into Mother Earth Tonantzin Telalit Coatlicue to help her heal. Nearby, children will play and laugh, faces smeared with the traces of candy and the cinnamon of churros, the delicious deep-fried pastry covered with sugar and cinnamon. The sound of mariachi music adds to the feeling of a fusion of cultures and beliefs. If you wander the crowded street, you will see a handful of people travel on their knees down the hard pavement to the entrance of the church in gratitude for answered prayers. 
And in spite of quiet official church disapproval, the local parish priest will invite the indigenous ceremonial dancers to participate during a special mass for Tonantzin Guadalupe. Inside the church, for a few moments, Mayan copal will blend with European frankincense, quetzal feathers will dance on the air, and elders with bundles of aromatic rosemary plants will cleanse the people's spirit. The two cultures, reconciled in this moment, acknowledge the uncommon bond of love for the woman who is cloaked with the sun, a bridge of light between peoples. Goddamn. <laughs> friends congratulations you've made it to the end of the show you may walk through the portal to the outro and for today's outro we're going to do something a little different for this little mini sewed which i really enjoyed making for you guys and uh, i'm going to draw a rune and the rune is going to be for it's a get a, a sense a pulse on the collective consciousness for the next week from um the 7th to the 14th ending on valentine's day so here's uh, the rune cast. It's been a long time since I've done a rune cast and a little ASMR action. This is me. I'm kind of shaking the runes in the little pouch. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake your rune bag. Shake your rune bag. Shake, shake, shake. Do, 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 do. Shake, shake, shake. Do, do, do. Shake your rune pouch. Shake your rune pouch. All right, here we go. <clears throat> um, all right, I gravitated to two, so we're going to roll with it. And the two I grabbed are very auspicious. So I grabbed Manus, which is the self, and Algus, which is the rune for protection. So it's very clear to me. Um, so the way the placement was when I drew it, the manas, the rune for the self, is, was exactly horizontal, so not upright and not reverse, but exactly in the middle. And algus, the rune for protection, was, is, is upright. And so that's very auspicious for algus to be upright. That means that you will be protected this coming week. So anyone who is listening to this right now, they will be protected. And the magic of the rabbit holes of space and time, that even if you listen to this in the future, uh, you know, it's, it'll be for the week that you listen to it then. This is an auspicious cast. Um, and then manas, the rune for the self being half right in between upright and reversed, is... It feels to me in my heart that it's it's what it's saying is that allow yourself to be and don't judge yourself for whatever mood you're in, you know, whether it's you feel really like optimistic one day or maybe one day you wake up and you just are having kind of a hard time. This runecast is saying, A, that you're protected and you're taken care of by the universe, by the cosmos, by your friends, by your loved ones, by your angels, you are protected. And then the manas in this position is saying, trust yourself and be okay with it. And also, it's also saying that everything is a waveform. So you won't always, if you're feeling amazing, you're not always going to feel like that. You're going to go through valleys and peaks. If you're feeling not so great, you're not always going to feel like that either. You're going to, and the, the waveform, the river winding of 
the experience of the self is just a part of life and it's really what our souls are here for. So very auspicious rune cast for this week. Um, so awesome. That puts me in a good mood too. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the love. And if you would please continue to spread the word and tell a friend about the BMP. Let's keep this momentum going. Very excited, exciting and excited <laughs> to have really positive momentum. Um, we're reaching more and more listeners. And like I said, the, the spirit is starting to coalesce and it's starting to attract a real tribe. And that feels amazing. And it's an international tribe. To all my global listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I really started this show for you guys. So I wanted to reach with like the, the magic of the technology that we have available to us. I wanted to reach out outside of the borders, you know, because I don't see borders. Like that's something that I really feel strong about in my gut and something that I will always rep. And it's like this is what, you know, my politics are in large part is migration is a human right. I feel that is central to my politics. It's central to my sense of what is right. Human beings are nomadic, mobile, and we should be allowed to come and go wherever we want to go. These lines on the map are just lines. <clears throat> they really are just lines. And I understand that people get concerned about things, but listen, we live in an abundant, abundant world. We have more than enough for everyone. All we need is to start managing resources in a sane way. And that starts by respecting one another. And that starts with if someone is coming for a better life or leaving to find a better life, you respect it. Migration is a fundamental human right and it must be respected. So anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, migration is a human right. And you can migrate in your mind, your consciousness too. And uh, I love you guys. And... Have a wonderful week. Have a fantastic week. Have beautiful dreams. May you manifest some of your goals. Work towards your dreams. And know that according to the RuneCast, you are protected and that you can trust whatever you're going through this week. You can trust it. Much love, everybody. Until next week. Peace. Oh, uh, support the show. <laughs> Patreon.com slash noetics. If you would please support the show, that would be amazing. And then uh, rate, review, and subscribe as well. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Can I get a witness here tonight?
They call me God's amazing. Oh, amazing. It was great.